Meow, 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 meow. Oh, Jesus. I just hit myself in the face. That was loud. <laughs> I heard it. It was like, doing. God damn. There's a spring in there. <laughs> there is a spring. It's like one of those, uh, it's this thing. You know, microphones from like Party City. You get little kids. Oh, yeah. They have little the... springies in them. Yeah. Okay. We're on ep five here. Yep, ep, ep. <laughs> <laughs> She's having a stroke. <laughs> I was thinking more like Weezer. Is it Weezer? Do, 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 do. Okay, I'm with you. Didn't come out like that. Okay. I just show up to drink the coffee. It's, I mean, you didn't drink my coffee today, but it's pretty good coffee. It's usually very superb. Today it's actually probably not that good. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta get a cup. I have to finish this half of a beer. I'm gonna get the sweet spot between drunk and caffeinated tonight. Yeah, I read that text. That's a solid plan. I thought so too. I was like, I won't get drunk. No. And I won't get overly caffeinated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what that's called. Hyper? Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is one of the beers that we made. Ooh, I knew it was. it out of a glass? Yeah. I could smell it when like I walked a... in, and I was like, that's one we made. You I know could sm- Was it on my breath, or was it in the glass? I think it's in the glass. Okay, thank God. Anyway, some interesting shit happened to me this week. Let me hear about it. Well, I got some goddamn food poisoning. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch, you got so much food poisoning. I know. I really wish that you had made the food. Spoiler alert. I wish that you had made the food. I know. Me too. Because I don't make food. Yeah. So then it would have been like a valid reason for fucking my life up. And I think it's really funny that you literally just learned how to cook chicken like a week ago. Yeah. Well, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell everyone that Brandon's the bread maker. (laughs) Yeah. Quote unquote learned. Yeah. I won't get into that right now. (laughs) Okay. That could be a discussion for another time. Yeah. But you got food poisoning. I did. I got food poisoning from food that Brandon made. I would like to point out who is like the chef in the family. I would also like to point out that not just you got food poisoning, but like your whole family got food poisoning. Yeah. I got food poisoning and Brandon got food poisoning and my baby boy got food poisoning. Not cool, man. It was like the most awful 24 hours of our lives. Here's the thing about food poisoning is it'll fuck you up for like a solid at least year where you're like, I'm never eating that food again. Oh, yeah. I'm not touching that again. It's really funny, too, because you get food poisoning off of chicken. And when we were younger, you got food poisoning off of chicken. <laughs> like, how do you still eat chicken? Well, when we were younger, it was smoked barbecue chicken, which yeah. sounds fucking tits, right? It was. Trust me. Going down, I was like, damn, this is the best meal I've ever had. And then it all came back. And I didn't eat barbecue for, like, six years. And I didn't <laughs> eat smoked stuff for, like... Now, still. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm barely getting back into the smoked stuff. And it, oh, like I can do barbecue chips. Sometimes barbecue, barbecue, like barbecue sauce on a chicken or whatever, like makes me like, "Mm -hmm." not feel it, Mm -hmm. not feeling it. But I I can do it, but I won't go out of my way for it at all. So basically I'm just narrowing down my food. That's how I stay thin. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So how's everyone doing now? We're all good now. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better and I hope that you can eat chicken again. Thank you. And I hope so too. Hashtag someday. Some, someday. (laughs) Well, on a similar note. That's kind of like my unfortunate circumstance today as well, a.k.a. my goddamn of my week. 
is that this morning my little sunny boy woke up and he sounded so congested and when i picked him up he had snot all over his face and i was like fuck he's getting sick no yeah but at least he's not like vomiting and shitting everywhere he's just got like a runny nose so maybe it's just from like his teeth coming in or something but yeah all i'm thinking is like the boys are about to go to vegas for a bachelor party so Mm. we're about to have to be single moms for the weekend and that's gonna suck and mine's getting sick so i'm like ah motherfuck well maybe he'll just sleep a lot that would be really nice i can't even complain because we went to bombay that one weekend and my son was sick and Lee had to take him to urgent yeah. care by himself. He had to get his mom to come help him. I felt so bad. Oh, my God. I remember that. Yeah. That would be awful. Brandon, I would have had to, like, go home because Brand- we don't have family here. And Brandon yeah. would have been like, um. Get here now. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you want me to do because. Also, Bombay was only 24 hours. Yeah, that's true. And we were too drunk to drive home. <laughs> that Brandon fair. would have had to figure it out. Like, you can come out here. I'm sure there's a fucking hospital in Brawley. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not to mention that there are single parents that do this all the time. And I'm, like, not even willing to take him to the grocery store alone. I'm like, Dude. fuck it. We don't get lunch this week. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, I don't I don't know what we're going to eat because we don't have anything. So, good yeah, luck. And kid. I'm not going alone. So I couldn't easy. do it. That's props to the single ladies out there single oh moms God. out there well and, and single, single ladies dads. whatever fuck it and single dads and single dads yeah, yeah single people shit. with yeah. children it's fucking your heroes yeah i don't know how you do it true heroes yeah <sighs> anyway okay am i going first today yes you are okay everybody fair warning oh. this case has a lot of information and a lot of different sources say different things so i tried to compile everything as best as i could so it's gonna be a stumbling journey together (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited so bear with me all right so my story for this week it is the case of jonathan luna okay so jonathan luna he was a 38 year old male who lived in baltimore maryland and he was married and had two sons and he worked as an assistant u.s attorney And he was basically a prosecutor, and he convicted sexual predators, drug dealers, drug rings. He put away a lot of bad people. All right. Okay? So basically, this guy was, like, explained as, like, a very loving, hardworking person. And friends who were, like, interviewed after this incident were saying, like, a lot of prosecutors and stuff are, like, hard asses and, like, you know, kind of hard people because they have to do, like, hard work. And... And by hard, I mean, like, emotionally hard, right? Like, you're dealing with fucking sexual predators, and you have to, like, put these people away. That shit's got to fuck with you. Yeah, well, you have to spend, like, some of your day with them, too. Yeah, that's got to be, like, real hard. But this guy was just, like, super happy, very go-lucky. He wasn't the typical prosecutor person that you would imagine. Like, he wasn't some hard-ass. Even in his pictures, he's got, like, this bright smile, and he looks like you would be his friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also... As a side note, since we're talking about people talking about his character, his cousin did, like, an interview I saw on YouTube, and she was saying that one of the last times she saw him, they were all sitting around and talking, and out of nowhere, he just kind of got quiet and was like, I really hate my job. Like, you know how you have those moments with certain jobs where you're just like, fuck, man, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It sounded like he had that moment with his family. So, despite all of this, there was something going on where he was like, I'm not very happy in my job, which isn't that surprising, but... Just a side note, even though he was really good at it and all this stuff, he 
for some reason was hating it. Yeah. So on December 4th, 2003, Jonathan was working on a case that involved two men that were selling heroin. And they were selling heroin out of their music studio. And they got caught. And I just want to let you know that the music studio's name was Stash House Records. <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> terrible name for, like, a music studio where you're selling. Yeah, like, it's so very subtle. Very subtle. <laughs> obviously, they fucking got caught. And um, <laughs> one of the guys that was on trial was facing a murder charge also. Jesus. Wait, one of the guys that got caught at the Stash House Records thing? Yep. He was on trial for murder, too. Okay. I don't know if it was the same case, but whatever. He was dealing with some bad people. All right. They were wheeling and dealing. All right. All right. <laughs> and murdering. They were wheeling <laughs> and dealing and stabbing. <laughs> so this Jonathan guy was due in court the next morning to offer the men a plea deal. Because I guess this is one of those things that I can't really get a clear picture on, but I guess Jonathan was working on the case and he was a really good prosecutor, but for some reason he was having a hard time on this one, like gathering evidence or whatever to really go after them. So he, w- him and his co-worker were working on a plea deal to give these guys. Okay, so he's working late. Nine o'clock rolls around and he calls his co-worker who he's working on the plea deal with and he tells him that he's going to head home and he'll see him in the morning. And then at 9.30, he... Calls his coworker again and leaves a voicemail saying that he's going to fax him the plea deal later. Mm-hmm. But the fax never came. I don't know why he called again at 9.30 to be like, hey, man, I'll fax you in a minute. Yeah, because he told him at 9, I'm going home. And then he calls him again at 9.30 and leaves a voicemail being like, hey, I'll fax you this plea deal. Maybe it was like his seal of approval. Like, I'm done. I'm going to fax this to you later. Yeah, it could have been that. Or, like, I'll do that with proof or something where you just, like, throw out, like, a, hey, man, check your email. Like, it's on its way. Oh, good point. Maybe, like, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Look out for it. Because it's 2018. We don't have facts. That's true. (laughs) So I haven't faxed in a while. (laughs) Yeah, right? Also, like... He's waiting for this fax that never came. Fucking welcome to the party. We're all waiting for faxes that never came. That shit was shady. <laughs> like, you never knew. You're like, um, I think it sent. Um, I'm getting a fax. <laughs> I don't have a fax machine. <laughs> okay, so then he goes home, and he gets a phone call, and he tells his wife, I have to go back in the office. And this is, like, 11 o'clock at night. And she says she doesn't know, like, who calls or anything. He doesn't specify. But at 11 o'clock at night, he goes back in to finish up this plea deal thing or something okay it seems kind of like weird and erratic behavior but i'm not a prosecutor and i've never tried to write up a plea deal yeah that's <laughs> but it's true yeah it seems kind of weird <laughs> anyways at 11:38 p.m his car is seen leaving the parking garage and he left behind his phone and his glasses on his desk but he needs his glasses to drive Oh. So <gasps> the theory is that he left in a hurry, obviously, but he was only Well, if he needs like, them to drive, like, how badly does he need them to I drive? I don't know. Everything just said he needed them to drive. All right. So it's, like, suspicious that he would leave them. But is it, like, me who needs them to drive where I'm, like, it's much safer if I wear them when I'm driving? Yeah, like, everyone would appreciate it yeah. if I wore them, but especially like, at night. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially at night. <laughs> Can't see shit. Or is it, like, Brandon needs them to drive, like, he can't see two feet in front of his face? But then I feel like he wouldn't have taken them off. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. Okay, so his eyesight's probably not legally blind. Yeah. However, he needs them to drive. And here is another timeline that gets a little confusing, but it's really confusing because I don't know geography. Okay. (laughs) So I'll do my best. So his car is seen leaving the parking garage. 
So like I said, he lived in Baltimore, Maryland. So at 1130, he's seen leaving the parking garage and he's driving and he's actually captured on a handful of toll road cameras. Mm -hmm. And then he's seen at 1 a.m. crossing into Delaware or on the Delaware Turnpike. Ooh. All right. Yeah. And at, uh, let's see, at 12.57 a.m., his debit card was used somewhere in Delaware to withdraw $200 from the ATM. But the ATM's camera wasn't working, conveniently enough. Seriously? Yeah, so you don't actually see that it's him, but his card was used. Okay. Also, in all of the cameras for the toll roads and the parking garage, you don't see him. Because it's, it's like nighttime. Grain. Yeah, it's grainy-ass footage. You just see his car. So, so far, no, like, actual footage of his body mm-hmm. and him are seen. And then at 2.30 a.m., he's seen getting on the New Jersey Turnpike. And then at 3.20, he's seen on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. So Jesus. basically, this guy's driving all night. He's crossing state lines. He's seen multiple times on toll road cameras. He stops in Delaware to pull out $200 worth of cash. And by he, you mean quote unquote his car. He, yeah, yeah, his, his car. car. His car is seen. Exactly. In one of the states, he stops and gets gas and soda and a snack. And people claim to have seen him and say, said that he was, like, perfectly calm and normal and nothing was going on, nothing shady or anything. And he's described as, like, him? Yeah. Like, they showed pictures or something? Yeah, but, like, uh. when they go back and look at the footage, there's no footage of him Ugh. actually going in and doing any of this stuff. But there's witness accounts. That's pretty all right. If you're shown a picture of a person, be like, hey, you see yeah. this guy? but you know what that reminds me of? Have you ever seen the... Okay, I'm going to get old school. Have you ever seen the movie Nine Honest Men, I think it's called, or something like that? No. Twelve Honest Men, because it's a jury. I was going to say, it sounds like a jury, but less people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's basically what it is. But one of the things is, like, you can't count on witnesses and, like, what they remember. Because they don't remember shit. And they think they do, but they don't. I've seen a lot of, like, documentaries and, and or studies done on it where it'll have, like, a group of people or whatever. And they'll stage a robbery. Uh And then they'll take all of the people in that area at that time and be like, what did you see? And they'll all say things. And then they will present a thing like, did you see this person? And that will alter their memory. Oh, to where it's like, it's yeah, like, he was wearing a yellow jacket. It's like you're jacket. priming them. Like, hey. Yeah. Like, you can you can alter a person's memory just by I wonder suggesting if... a thing. Because then they can just, like, throw it in. Like, yeah, he was pro- – I mean, he was wearing a jacket. It was probably yellow. It was, like, a light color. But you're like, yeah, yellow. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's wearing a yellow jacket in their memory. Yeah. But Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder if that's what happened here. Because on all the footage on, – on all the footage, he's not actually seen buying snacks or gas or anything. But they don't have any footage, right? Like, it's not, like, another guy or, like, he's not there well, or that's, laps. that's the thing is, like, they're still – like, it's still an open investigation. <gasps> foreshadowing. Bum, 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 bum. It's still an open investigation, and they're still trying to determine if – somebody on this footage could be linked to it or not oh shit because there is footage but it's just not him (gasps) but i don't know if they could tell like who it is you know how like why is security okay it is 2018 yeah why is security footage so shitty still seriously like my fucking cameras and watching my dogs when i'm away at work is better i know i don't get it why is this so crappy can we all upgrade our cameras please Seriously, Amazon, bitches. Get it together. Okay, another (laughs) thing about his whole journey of all his cars and everything that's interesting to note is that when he was going through all these toll roads, he had an easy pass, one of those electronic thingies, so you don't have to, like, stop. You can just drive through and it charges it to your card. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, scans it for you. 
Yep. Okay. So he had one of those, and for like the first couple turnpikes, he used that. And then once he stopped in Delaware and got the two hundred dollars from the ATM, he started using cash. Like he stopped at the toll booth and hmm. was like paying cash. Someone doesn't want to be found. And then yeah. And then one of the either that or maybe somebody else started driving and didn't know he had it. Oh, okay. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then one of the toll booth tickets had blood on it. <gasps> Is there any way to tell if it was his ticket? Yep, it was, and it was his blood. Ah, so, no! Yep. What? Yeah. So, he's in Pennsylvania now. He gets gas. Okay. Gets snacks. Gets back on the turnpike at 4.04 a.m. Ooh. This is the last toll ticket that has the blood on it. So, he gets the gas. Then he goes through a toll, hands him a ticket, and it's bloody. And then, then his next known whereabouts are at 5 o'clock in the morning, where his car was parked behind a well drilling company in Denver, Pennsylvania. So I don't know how far right. away that is from the turnpike, but I mean, it took him like an hour to get there, right? Okay. So it's like an hour away. <laughs> I would assume. Maybe he took a couple loops. We don't know. Perhaps. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. It was like... His whole map to get to where he is right now, to Denver, Pennsylvania, he didn't take, like, a direct route. It's almost like he didn't know where he was going. Hmm. Like, he gets off of a turnpike and gets back on a turnpike. All right. And when you don't live there, it's really hard to follow what the fuck that means. That's very fucking true. Okay, so at 5.30 a.m., somebody who works at the well digging company, he's outside and he's, like, gassing up his cars or whatever for the day's fleet and he notices that there's a red light in the bushes. No. He walks over there, and it turns out to be Jonathan's car. And it's... Wait, in the bushes? In the bushes. So it's <gasps> no longer in the parking lot. It had driven, oh. like, down into these bushes or into this, like, bramble. I don't know. And <laughs> okay. into a creek. Like, the nose of the car was in a creek. Oh, shit. And the light he had been seeing was a light on the dashboard. And he looked inside the car... And there was blood everywhere. And there's blood all over the driver's side of the door, all over the, like, driver's side of the fender. And when he looks in the creek, Jonathan is face down in the creek. <sighs> yeah. He calls the cops. They find Jonathan dead underneath the car. Like, he's in the creek face down. And he's like, I only read this in one article, but I guess he was kind of, like, under the car's engine. So, like, under the nose of the car. Yeah. I don't really so know. So he was probably, like, got out of the car, tried to get away from a person. Fell. Maybe the yeah. car kept rolling on him or something. Ooh. I don't know. It wasn't like he was crushed by the car. It just yeah, said yeah, that he yeah. was under He's it. Just under. Yeah. Yeah. He was wearing his suit for the day, like his work suit, and he had on, like, a, an overcoat, and he had his court badge around his neck, and he had been stabbed 36 times. Jesus Christ. With his own knife. And it was like a pen knife, which I guess is kind of like a small pocket knife. Oh, my kinda God. Kind of like, like a Swiss Army knife is called a pen knife. Okay. So like a small, it wasn't like a huge knife or anything, but he had been stabbed with his own knife. His hands had been shredded, <gasps> like defense wounds. Oh. And his scrotum and throat had been slashed at. Oh, God. Yeah, this guy got attacked. But he didn't die from being stabbed and bleeding out or anything. He actually ended up dying from drowning. His cause of death was drowning because he was face down in the creek. So maybe he was, like, bleeding like so unconscious much. unconscious. Yeah. And... Yep. Jesus. So in the car, the investigators found the toll tickets, like, all the toll tickets that he went through, and they all had blood on them. Uh, maybe not all. I don't know. Toll yeah. tickets with Someone blood. Someone had it. Yeah. Some reports say that there was a puddle of blood in the back seat. 
And others say that there was a puddle of blood in the floor well of the back seat. So if it's in the back seat, that would indicate that that's where he got stabbed at and he wasn't driving, right? Yeah. But if it's on the floorboard of the back seat, then he could have been driving. And, like, also in the driver's seat. He could have been driving and bleeding out onto the floorboard and it was going into the back seat. Yeah. I don't know which is true or which is what. Okay. Also, there was money and, quote, unquote, cell phone equipment strewn all about the car scattered all over the car so that 200 dollars that he pulled out or maybe like the change of it i don't know the exact amount it was like thrown all over the car i also read side note that the money was all around his body so i don't know which is which i'm gonna guess it was in the car but i kind of think that i mean maybe it was like some of it was in the car and also it was like on his lap and you know when you get out of your car it like falls out or something just like money flying around in the car as you're going through all this and then you like face plant into some water there'd be money around your body yeah maybe it's both Ugh, that's awful yeah his death was rolled a homicide what that's surprising yeah right (laughs) there were three corners that reviewed this case the first corner was like this is a homicide and the fbi was like there's no proof that anybody else was there so they brought in a second corner and they were like you need to rule this a suicide and that second corner refused they were like there's no way that this is a suicide the police wanted him to the fbi oh shoot yep And then there was a third corner that even backed them up saying, like, for sure, this is not a suicide. This is a homicide. So why were they so insistent on it being called a suicide? That's kind of one of, like, the sketchy things about the case. Like, why? Why do they want it so bad? Is it because they don't know who did it or what happened? Or they don't want to investigate it? Are they covering something up? Yeah. The coroner announces, like, publicly that he had been, quote-unquote, brutalized with multiple stab wounds. And he notes that some of the stab wounds are shallow, which could indicate torture. (gasps) But then the FBI, who are saying, like, this is a suicide, they're saying that it could indicate hesitation wounds. Like, if you're going to stab yourself, you kind of, like, test it. No, you wouldn't. Well, you go to stab, and you're like, fuck, that hurts. And you, like, pull out. It's like a hesitation wound. And then you work up, like, the frustration or the anger or, you know, whatever to, like, actually stab yourself. Ugh, okay. So another thing that goes along with, like, the FBI's theory of a suicide is they're saying that Jonathan was actually under investigation because one of the cases that he had tried was, like, a robbery or something. And as evidence, he brought in a big old stack of money that they had stolen or, like, all of the money that they had stolen. And one of those stacks went missing after the case. So he wasn't being tried or anything, but he, he was, was under, under investigation yeah, for it. Yeah, and he was supposed to do, like, a polygraph for it. Ooh. And I guess it was, like, $3,600. or No, 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 no not $3,600. Not enough to fucking stab yourself 36 times No, no, no. For. I meant to say 36000 but still, oh. I agree. Not enough money to stab yourself. Significantly more, but I probably wouldn't kill myself for $36,000 on account of you can't spend it. yeah i gotta spend that shit first (laughs) well that's what they were saying was like well okay jonathan had uh twenty five thousand dollars in debt and so he stole this money to pay off his debt but the problem is is he still had the twenty five thousand dollars in debt when he died and they didn't find thirty six thousand dollars on him (laughs) so Mm, yeah i don't think that was the case but they were saying like okay this was too much for him to deal with so he killed himself but $25,000 in debt is like nothing yeah this day and age to the fucking club yeah Yeah. (laughs) some theories suggest that his death is actually connected to that drug ring case that he was dealing with Mm -hmm. because he was like putting away bad people right yeah 
But those two people that he was prosecuting were in jail at the time. Oh, so. But they probably have connections. Yeah, they could probably hire someone. And then, coincidentally, a district attorney that was working on um, another drug ring case, he went missing in 2005. So that's only two years later. Hmm. They've never found him. He's still missing. So I don't know if it's related. It is in Centre County District Attorney is what his like his official title was so i don't know where the centre county is maybe it's just center with an e at the end nope it's centre <laughs> <laughs> i reread it uh that's weird yeah i mean it was 2 years later and drugs and shit so you're dealing with bad people i don't know if i believe the connection i don't know if i believe the hype but maybe yeah who knows all right basically the the fbi still claims it's a suicide but like how the fuck like what if you're gonna go commit suicide and you're gonna stab yourself right yeah that's cool whatever i guess i still disagree with that i'll get to that in a minute but if you go driving for like 100 miles why wouldn't you take your glasses even if you're gonna kill yourself like i should i like need to see where i'm gonna go yeah but also i'm not gonna stab myself a bunch of times in the hands yeah that's what's so weird is like for sure those are defensive wounds also he had stab wounds in his back you're not gonna stab your back yeah, you're not going to stab your back. That's like the one of the other ones that you did with that guy. And yeah, John Lang. Up their back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then also, okay, so the whole toll, toll road thing. Why the fuck is that word so hard for me? Because <laughs> you're from California. We don't have those. toll road thing. Like, why would you use your easy pass and then switch to using cash? Well, I mean, maybe you're trying to stay anonymous. Yeah, like if you don't want to be electronically tracked so you switch to cash yeah or what if he isn't driving and the driver doesn't know that he has an easy pass so he thinks he has to stop at these toll booths and pay i don't know man i feel like if you grew up in that area though and you're at all familiar with driving then you're going to be familiar with that square on your window or whatever (laughs) yeah like that thing yeah in one shape or another and so then you would know like a where to look for it to see if they have it and b like if they have it (laughs) that's it you would know like to look where it should be and be like oh you guys an easy pass i don't have to stop like i'm not gonna pay cash this fucking guy that i'm about to murder is gonna pay or maybe he well i was gonna say maybe he was driving the the guy who was hurt like jonathan was driving and the guy who was hurting him was in the car and so he thinks i'm gonna start paying in cash so maybe i can get somebody's attention but then but why was the basket on the side like there's no person oh okay that's another thing i should mention the report said that there was an attendant of like there oh yeah so but then also if you're there why wouldn't you be like yo why is this ticket have blood on it like ew i'm not touching that yeah unless it was just like such a tiny little drop and they happen to go back and see and notice that there is a smudge of blood or like it's a smudge of dirt or it looks brown but it's blood you know yeah and then okay if the backseat is covered in blood if that's where he was really stabbed how are you going to be stabbed in the backseat but driving the car i don't know the whole thing is really weird but you could have been driving the car or have a like two people driving the car or one person technically drive you don't need to <laughs> one person driving the car one person doing the stabbing and then your victim uh-huh. and like there's just kind of a lot of blood everywhere and so you hand up a ticket to the and guy the blood, driver yeah. and like blood gets onto it or something well and if you're doing the stabbing for sure you're getting that dude's blood on you yeah like your hands are covered in blood yeah so maybe or maybe the t- how does a toll road ticket work? Like, why did they have the ticket with them? 
Do you get a ticket at the beginning yeah. and then you give a ticket at the end to be like, I yeah. got it here? You pick up a ticket as if to say, I got on at this exit or oh. on tr- on ramp. And then when you exit is when the, the fucking tolls and shit are. And so then you would put your ticket in and you'd be like, okay, you traveled this distance. Yeah. This and then you pay that. Yeah. Okay. That makes a little more sense. The whole concept of toll roads kind of blow my mind. We don't have to talk about that, though. But I genuinely want to keep talking about it. <laughs> but also, like, toll roads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right. <laughs> um, Where did we leave off? Okay. This is an open investigation still to this day. Because they ruled it a homicide, because the coroners refused to call it a suicide, mm-hmm. it's still considered an open investigation, so they can't release much of the police report. Like, they're holding shit back, and then they won't release the autopsy or anything like that. So all this information we've gotten about, like, his hands being shredded and stuff actually came from firsthand accounts of people who were there, like morticians, who oh. had to, like, sew his hands together, were like... No, they were shredded so bad that I literally couldn't sew them back together. We had to put gloves on him for Jesus. his viewing. Yeah. So all of it, none of this information, this is why it's so hard to get it, like the correct information or to get a linear path because of what happened. Because all of the information hasn't been released. Exactly. So it's all coming from media. It's all coming from family. It's all coming from people who were like, nah, but I was there. Yeah. You know? And then you have the FBI jumping in. So some witnesses are like, I saw him here. And they're like... That's impossible because his camera, like, we saw his car at this point in time, and then we saw his car 30 minutes later here, and it would be impossible for him to get there in that time. So it's, like, hard. Yeah. It's just so hard. Also, I wrote here that there was a partial print found at the scene. Like, Ooh. So there is another... You would think that there would be some prints in yeah. his blood, at least. Like, or something, right? Yeah. There's got to be DNA and shit all over that place. Yeah. And there was a second blood type found. <gasps> I was going to say, if you stab a person fucking 36 times, you're bound to cut yourself a little bit. That was another thing noted about this knife. I guess pen knives, some of them don't lock. So there is potential that, like, the blade doesn't lock when you open it. So there's potential if you were using that to stab somebody that it would close on your own hand and cut yourself. Owie. So maybe that's how this other blood type. Or he clearly fought back. His hands were cut up and all this stuff. But they haven't found a match for, like, the print or the blood or anything yet. Oh, also I want to note, like, the cuts to his scrotum and stuff. Ooh, like, yeah. the, the whole, like, torture theory of, like, that's why there's these shallow things. That seems like a pretty fucking effective way to torture somebody. Yeah. Instead of suicide. Why? Yeah. Though. I don't Would know. come into question. Because you've already driven this person, like, way out of state. Or yeah. had them drive you way out of state. Yeah. And, I don't know, no good's going to come of that if you're fucking crossing state lines, first no. of all. Yeah. Then you're going to torture him? Like, what are you going to torture him for? Hey, don't take this case? I don't know. I have no idea. Like, what was... Hey, man, I'm friends with a lot of fucking DAs and judges and shit. You think you're going to get away with this? Like, I'm I'm sorry, but there's kind of, like, you're not going to get away with this. There's almost no other option. I don't know. Which I guess maybe that's just, like, their sadistic shit, but... Well, maybe it's, like, the people that were part of Stash House Records were like, yo, man, back up off our peeps. This is what happens. Yeah. I'm going to send a message let, to all yeah, y'all. Yeah, let this be a message. And the FBI is like, whoa, message received. Say it was a suicide. It was a suicide. I don't know. I don't know. But was the, ha- did the case go on or anything? Do you know? It's still open. No, like the oh. Stash House Records case. Oh, I don't know. I didn't look into that. There's like um, podcasts and stuff out there that like get real deep into it and are like real, you know. Real informed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I said before, I'm here for entertainment purposes. And I was looking at this case and I was like, dude found dead in a creek. 
was stabbed, actually died from drowning, and there was money everywhere. I need to tell Aaron about this. <laughs> and then I started getting into it, and I was like, fuck, this is complicated. This is way <laughs> above my pay grade. Well, don't worry. Because we're not getting paid? <laughs> no, I was going to say, because mine's a doozy. <laughs> Ooh, I'm ready. Let's hear it. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I'm just going to jump right into it. Okay. My case is about Tim McNeil. Uh-huh. He's a 63-year-old defense attorney. Oh, how funny that we picked, like, <laughs> we, we both picked defense attorneys. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Actually, yours is a prosecutor. Mine's a defense attorney. Whatever. Close enough. They work together. So, this happened on Thursday, July 19th, 2007. Ooh. Four shots were heard in San Diego, California. Oh, sh- son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Did they ring out across the city? They rang out across. Oh, no. And one neighbor saw a man running down a pathway but lost sight of him. And he said it looked like he was trying to run away from a situation. From some gunshots? <laughs> yeah. He said from a situation. Like he had just done some shit yeah. and was running. Yeah. Right? We got a situation. <laughs> I need to leave. Mm-hmm. The police were called by Bray Hansen. <gasps> Stop it. I just crunched my eyes twice. (laughs) Because you were so excited. I'm so excited. Everybody, just so you know, this is somebody that we went to high school with. This is totally somebody we went to high school with. Okay. (laughs) So, the police recalled, and she said that she and her stepfather had been tied up, and her stepfather had been shot and killed. Mm Mm-hmm. A little bit of background before we get into the nitty-gritty of this bitch. Okay, let's get the background. Doreen Hansen married Tim McNeil. I would like to point out that Doreen Hansen... Was Senora McNeil. Was your fucking Spanish teacher. Was my fucking Spanish teacher. Yep. I didn't have her. You didn't have her? Nope. You're so lucky. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not the nicest thing to say. I was a good student, all right? Yep. And she was the one and only teacher to give me an in-school suspension. Like, she did not like me. She was tough. She was a tough cookie. She did not like me, but that's fine. So Doreen Hansen brought with her into this marriage two children, Bray who yeah. was four years old at the time, and Nathan, who was six years old at the time. Oh, wow. So they were like... They grew up with this guy. Yeah. They actually grew up... Bray called Tim daddy, everything. Oh, okay. Like, that was her dad. Yeah. They were very close. Yeah. So, according to many reports, their upbringing with their mother was tumultuous, and she was often physically and verbally abusive. Ugh. That makes sense why she was such a jerk of a teacher then. Right? <laughs> <laughs> She was mean. According to Nathan, she told me she was going to kill me and bury me in Mexico. Oh, my God. Yeah. Your mom said that? Fucking right. I mean, I get the whole, like, I brought you into this world. I could take you out. But that's a little descriptive. Yeah, that's like, I have plans. (laughs) Yeah, shit. I know people and I know places. Yeah. According to Bray, she was often suicidal, saying things like, what would you do if I just burned the house down? Or what would you do if I just drove off the Coronado Bridge? Yeah. So that's kind of a messed up childhood. Yeah, that'll fuck you up. Be raised in. Yeah. But Tim McNeil was seen as a savior who could calm Doreen and provide sanity for the kids. Like he would, you know, like that's enough, Doreen. Calm down. Blah blah blah. And she would like, all right, listen. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. He's a very nice guy. By all accounts and everything, he was a very happy guy. He was a funny guy. He was a great guy. Uh Uh-huh. So Bray was, like, a good kid, and she was really studious and really smart and all that. 
apparently Nathan was more of like the troublemaker. Uh-huh. And so when he was 12, he went to live with his grandparents in Arizona and he began to do better in school and he really thrived out there. Just... Oh, so like getting out of the house. Really. Yeah, yeah. Getting away from the that situation. Yeah. yeah. Bray stayed at home with her mother and Tim, but eventually chose to move to Tucson, Arizona to live with her brother, who was attending uh, the U of A at the time, because uh-huh. she thought that her mom was going to kill her. About six months later, Nathan receives a phone call from Doreen mm-hmm. saying, I need to talk to Bray. Apparently, she was threatening suicide at the time, and it wasn't the first time that she had done that, so he took it as another empty threat. Um, Uh-oh. He didn't know that she had already swallowed a handful of pills. And oh, the next morning, Tim McNeil found her dead in the office of their home. Oh, God, that's so sad. Really sad. A quote from Bray is, I guess she just wanted to say goodbye. Oh, solid quote. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> Fucking cold, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's all. Whatever. I mean, is that the context of the quote? No. But that's all that it gave me was that she, like, in remarks to it, she was like, ah, I guess she just wanted to say goodbye. I can't say, like, ah. Yeah, because maybe it was, like. I'm putting inflection. Like, I guess she just wanted to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know how she said it. (laughs) That was my question. Thank you for answering it. (laughs) So, Bray moved back in with her stepfather when she was 17, and they became quite close again. Tim eventually began to see a lady named Kim. Bray allegedly wasn't too fond of sharing the attentions of Tim. Ooh, jealousy. Yeah. Because yeah. she was now, like, the only child in his home at the time. Yeah. So she had the full attention and all that. Yeah. And he was doting on his new girlfriend. And nobody likes their step-stepmom. I don't know what that called. Like, or girlfriend, not mom, because they're not married. Stepmom twice removed. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, like, no one likes their step-parent instantly, so they really don't like their step-step-parent. Yeah. Well, anyone Coming... moving into your your situation that you are happy in yeah, is going to rock up. things up a little bit. Stirs it up, for mm-hmm. sure. So then Tim's birthday rolls around, and he and Bray had set up a date to have lunch, but apparently he, quote, chose to go with his girlfriend Kim instead. Oh, uh, that's got to be hard, too. I mean, like, it's listen, up. this like, girl has been through some shit. Yeah, she's been through some shit, and I don't know, even now, like, if, if I was like, hey, Dad, let's go to lunch, and he yeah. was like, yeah, totally, and then later Bails. he was like, never mind, I'm going to go with my girlfriend to Fuck lunch. that. I'd be like, but, like, seriously? But nah. Like, yeah. I'll come too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would definitely hurt your feelings. Yeah. That most likely offended Bray. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Cut to a few days later. I have alternating accounts where it was saying that it was a few days later or it was saying just the next day. Yeah. But I'm not positive when it is, but they, I guess, had rescheduled for their lunch date and he was supposed to come home and have lunch with her mm-hmm. this day. Okay. Bray calls the police and tells them that she and her father have been tied up. Her father's been shot by a masked intruder. Shit. And the masked person had asked for the combination to the safe, but the father wouldn't give it. So they shot him four times and ran off, leaving Bray tied up. This is what she said on the on the 911 call? This is like a summation. <laughs> yeah. On the 911 call, she calls and says she needs an ambulance and that she's tied up and her father has been shot and they ask where her father is and she says he's on the ground and they ask Ugh. 
God. Yeah, and then she had said they asked for the combination of the safe in one way or another. I don't remember the exact transcript of it, but that yeah. they had asked for the combination. The dad wouldn't give it, and so then they shot him. Four times. Well, she didn't say that then. Okay, that's what I think that's what like I was questioning when I heard it. I was like, wait a minute. This seems like very uh, specific. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, she didn't say four times then. She said that they shot him, and then they asked does he need an ambulance and she said i think he's dead oh they asked like if they had gotten into yeah. the safe or whatever and she said no so really sad because that's an awful thing to witness as a child yeah, and she's 17 and, like, she's a child imagine that you're like in the same house as your executed father right yeah i don't like it the police show up they find bray tied up with zip ties they find tim with a dress shirt on, his pants off, a zip tie by his hand, and he's lying face down in a puddle of blood. Ugh, his pants are off. Yeah, weird, right? They never explain that. Just fucking before you ask. Yeah. They you never seem to have a theme that. where your victims it's lose their pants. How I search for my cases. <laughs> so they find her in there and everything, and they're like, holy crap, obviously she's a victim. They Wait, how did she call 911? See, that's where it comes into my research versus what I yep. had heard before. Yeah. From what I heard before, it was that she had, like, knocked the phone off the fucking stand because it was in 2007 and people still had house phones. Mm-hmm. And then dialed 911 with her tongue because her hands were zip-tied behind her back. I heard that also. Okay. That's why I was curious to see, like, what like what your research found, if it was the same or not. No. They don't My research it. didn't specify, but... Like, how the fuck she called if she was zip-tied? Maybe yeah. she was zip-tied in front? No, she was zip-tied in back. Okay. They I were, like, gonna, specific about it. I was going to say that would be a weird way to zip-tie somebody. Yeah, like, here, you can still do all the things. <laughs> but they're just close. <laughs> your hands are close together. Yeah. <laughs> So the police show up, they go and they talk to neighbors and any witnesses they might find. Have they... you seen anyone running from a situation? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they found that guy that saw someone running from a situation. <laughs> <laughs> and the police find a bundle of clothes in a branch of a tree that was close by. What a weird place to store your murdering clothes. Yeah, but first of all, yeah. who's just running from a thing and then like throws their evidence in a fit of joy. <laughs> into a tree? Into a tree. Like, ah, up there. Like, mm. at least take them with you to dispose of them later. Like, you're just going to throw them near the crime scene? Yeah, that's really weird. But whatever. Like, maybe they thought, like, no one's going to look up here. Right? I'm a genius. Yeah. Apparently, it wasn't that hard to find because they found it immediately. <laughs> oh, God. And it happened to be a black shirt and a black ski mask. Yeah. She described the intruder as wearing all black with a black ski mask. That was also on the... 911 call. Okay. So, hey, we found his clothes. Yeah, basically. And so then they talked to neighbors, and the neighbor was like, yeah, he ran down this path. He ran through these fucking oleanders. And I was like, this guy knows all of his goddamn shrubs. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> he did. He said, do you know an oleander? I don't. I don't either. Like a bird of paradise? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it has flowers. It sounds like it would have flowers. Yeah. I but bet they're all over the place, too, and we see them all the time. I guarantee you I have them in my yard. <laughs> So he had ran through these oleanders and into this path, which the neighbor was like, that's a perfect place that you would go if you knew the neighborhood. Like, oh, okay, yeah. To get into and to get away because they lost sight of him. This isn't random, in other words. Yeah, yeah, basically. So Bray was taken to the police station and questioned about the events because she's the only eyewitness to a murder, which 
in and of itself is unusual for a home robbery because why would you leave a witness like if you're gonna kill a person why would you leave a witness why what's the advantage to keeping her alive exactly so they weren't suspicious of her initially but they were like trying to figure it out by that yeah and she said that the gunman's voice was disguised and they asked how it was disguised or like what it sounded like and she said like a cartoon character oh what oh my god wait do you remember yak backs (laughs) I do, actually. <laughs> what if they had a yak back? Like, hang on, don't listen to me. Give me all your money. <laughs> Give back. me all your money. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, shit. Let me go outside and say all the things I need to say. I only get 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it was probably like that. <laughs> so it sounded like a cartoon character, she said. Yeah, she said it sounds like a cartoon character, and the police found that odd because... Yeah generally a gunman would want to be found intimidating whereas a cartoon character is not necessarily intimidating yeah (laughs) exactly what kind of cartoon character she didn't specify well duh but like do you think it's like bugs bunny like an old-timey one like it's a me mario (laughs) hey i put it in the safe (laughs) (laughs) it's an italian it's an italian cartoon an italian plumber yeah yeah like i would i mean seriously you know, some shit is going down, but that would be pretty funny. Like, how do you not giggle as... I can't take you seriously. As the here. entire world is being fucked it up. The bra- yeah. Fuck yeah. it up. Fuck. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. Damn. So, they asked her that twice. What voice yeah what his was. voice was disguised as. And she said a cartoon character. They asked her once, they wrote it down, and then were like... Are you sure? What did you say? And she was like, like a cartoon character. And they're like, yeah, that's fucking weird. Yeah. Plus, I feel like any, like, voice changers would be, like, that robot voice. Like, give me all of your money. Like, if you have a trach and you put one of those yeah, things yeah. up to your neck to talk through it. Adios, turd nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I see. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then they asked her where she would be comfortable staying the night. So she says her Aunt Bonnie and Uncle Rick's house. Uncle Rick is Tim's brother, by the way. Okay. They continued to question her at Bonnie and Rick's house a little bit, and... The police? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, she also called the gunman by name. She said, something, 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 and then Nathan did the did this. <gasps> bump, bump, bump. <laughs> yeah. And so, they let her finish the statement, and they wrote it down. Like, they made a note of that, but they let her finish the statement, and then they questioned her. You said the name Nathan a few minutes ago. Yeah. And she was like, nuh-uh. Yeah. So apparently it wasn't so much that she said the name, but that she denied saying it. Like, that uh, was fucking suspicious. Because, yep. like, anyone could be like, oh, sorry, like, meh, whatever. Yeah. Did I? Like, whoa, I That's had a weird. fucking crazy day, right? Yeah, I'm pooped. <laughs> yeah. But she was just like, no, I didn't. I don't know. Like, got defensive about it. And they're like, huh, I'm on to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, it kind of seems like she knows more than she's letting on, but they're like, whatevs, right? And Not whatevs, but they let it slide. (laughs) Whatever, I'm going to go home. Whatever, case closed. Later. (laughs) Just a dead guy. So, they just kind of let it slide and let her stay the night with Aunt Bonnie and Uncle Rick. Well, apparently at some point during the night, her cousin Shelly showed Bray a sketch that was made by an artist talking to a neighbor about the man that they saw running through the neighborhood what he looked like yeah because he took off his fucking mask yeah and he threw it into a goddamn tree Uh uh-huh and bray is quoted as saying like oh no his chin wasn't that square and shelly was like 
I thought you didn't see his face because he had the mask on, right? Fucking seriously. Yeah. yeah. That's almost, yeah. She's like, really? I thought you said he was wearing a mask. Yeah. So I guess Bray just kind of backed up and Shelly told her father, Uncle Rick, that like that had happened. And Uncle Rick was like, call the detectives. Like she knows something. Get her out of here. <laughs> Plus my brother just died. Yeah. Like that's your brother. That sucks. Yeah. Seriously. So at that point, the police, they believe that they have enough to arrest her because she has more information than she's letting on. They already assume that she had more information than she was letting on. So Uh this is at like 11 p.m. This all happened. So the murder had happened like around lunchtime. He came home to have lunch with her. Oh, God. Okay, so this is like 12 hours later. Less than 12 hours later that she got arrested. Yeah. But they get to the house at like 11 or 11.30 they said to have her outside and so they were sitting out back in like a little patio bench area and they told the family to have her outside yeah yeah so apparently she just stood up turned around and put her hands behind her back oh when they showed up yeah oh shit which according to the police seems extra guilty because an innocent person would protest they'd be like uh i'm sorry the fuck yeah exactly like shit hey man ask me what are you doing here? Yeah. I don't know. Although like, you don't want to resist, but also you'd be like, are you serious right now? Yeah. Like what? You yeah. wouldn't just willingly be like, damn. Yeah. They got me. Was, yeah. They said it was typical of someone who knows they've been caught. Yeah. So the police take her to the station. They have her arrested and they start asking her all kinds of questions and basically like calling her out on all of her. Shit uh, she fucked up on. Yeah. Discrepancies. Yeah. And she starts to claim that. It was Nathan's idea, her brother, Yeah, saying that she had called him to complain one day, and he said he knew a guy who could take care of him, just leave money, a key, and a gun in a box outside, and the guy would pick it up and, quote, take care of him. Oh, shit. She was, gonna, she was complaining about him being into the girlfriend. Yeah. Her stepdad being into his girlfriend. Yeah. And Nathan's response is, I got a fucking guy who will... Uh, yeah, I can I can take care of that for you. Shit. But, no I mean, I problem. feel like that would defeat her purpose, right? She wants to hang out with him. Right? So the police contact the police in Arizona, and they're like, hey, fucking go get this guy. Yeah. They wake him up in the middle of the night, and they tell him he's under arrest, and he initially denies being in San Diego, but they told him that his sister had told them everything, and so he agreed to talk with them. Okay, but this is the same day, right? It's 11 hours later? Yeah. Okay, so you yeah. can get back to Arizona. I mean... Yeah. No, you totally yeah. can. Yeah. It's a long fucking day, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll suck, but he was so tired. He was sleeping. Yeah. So during the interrogation, Bray admits to having a part in it. She said, I had some play in it, so yes, I did find, I did kind of start the whole thing, even if it was, I don't know, lapse of judgment or whatever. Fucking, uh, yeah, a giant yeah. one. Yeah. She tells them they planned to kill him several days earlier on his birthday. They Ugh. had discussed baseball bats and poisoning. Oh my god. And this fucking hitman guy. Yeah. But supposedly the guy the hitman guy didn't show up when she put the money in the box and all that outside oh, okay and so she changed her mind but the box is already gone supposedly like the guy came and got it eventually? yeah or something okay so then she tried to say that she tried to stop nathan and thought about calling the police once or twice but was too afraid but he was already like going through with basically it. hellbent on this plot 
So Bray had put the gun and the money and the key in the box that went missing. The gun she had gotten from, it was her mom's gun, apparently. Yeah. And she says that Nathan showed up with the gun belonging to Doreen. Uh-huh. And she... So he got the box. Uh, supposedly. Okay. If there was a box. Okay. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? This is according to Bray. She said that Nathan said, you're going to tie his hands behind his back, then we'll kneel him down in the laundry room. He missed once, I know. Hit the side of his face once, Ugh. I know. Then he fired another shot in the back of his head once. Oh my god. And once more when he was down, because he was twitching. Oh my gosh. Fucking. That's fucking terrible. Right? Ugh. And she's gross. right there this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. They said that she gave the account seeming cold and callous. Um, oh my god. And that it appeared she was trying to cry, but no tears were coming out. Oh, uh, the fake one. Yeah. You know what? If you're trying to cry and the tears aren't coming out, just give up. Because we all know you're faking it. Seriously. My kid does it all the time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> jerk. Yeah. So, basically, the brother and the sister are just blaming each other. Like, Bray is sitting here saying this is all Nathan's. Like, she she originally planned it, but she tried to stop it. And then Nathan was like, nope, we're doing this. Going through with it. Yeah, and then Nathan saying, like, I mean, it was all her idea. Like, she's the one that, that orchestrated this the, whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Maybe not the best duo to go doing murder together. Seriously. <laughs> Get your story straight. <laughs> or don't, because we want you to get caught. But, you know. Yeah, but, you know, maybe just don't commit murder. Deal. So Nathan's DNA was found on the mask that was found in the branch by the scene. Yeah. And during Nathan's trial, Bray was unwilling to testify against him, so her statements implicating him can't be used against him. So all the shit that she was like, he did all this, couldn't be used against him. Oh, wow. He had originally when he was detained by police was talking to them a little bit and then he was eventually like you know what this is too crazy i need a lawyer yes smart and, move yeah and so then they were like all right we can't talk to you anymore you asked for a lawyer so then they stopped and then he's like i guess they were walking out of the room and he's like no wait like i'm I'll sorry talk. i'll talk to you and they were like well we can't talk to you now because you asked for a lawyer yeah and he was like well i waive my right to a lawyer from here until further notice basically Oh. And so then he told his account of the story, which is basically blaming Bray. So he was almost smart. Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. During his trial, they had the DNA that was found on the mask, but Bray was unwilling to testify against him, and there was no actual physical evidence, like no fingerprints in the home or on the gun. Did they do like a, you know, like the gunpowder analysis on his hand or anything? Well... I don't know that they did, but also they had him, like, way later that night. So I don't know if it would have... Oh, like, I guess if you like wash Like, he could have washed his hands, yeah. All they had was the DNA and an eyewitness account of a young man matching his description. Mm -hmm. The judge deemed they weren't allowed to use the evidence gathered in the police questioning oh. because he asked for a lawyer. And so they're like, but, like, then he said that he waived his right. And they said still that you couldn't use that because they didn't read him his rights again or some bs law like that because he had asked for a lawyer so the jury wasn't allowed to hear anything that he said then Dang. yeah so when he's like admitting to being there and quote i mean i was angry but no you know i didn't want him to die i wanted him to be scared i wanted him to be honest to honestly feel like take me seriously for a change not just dismiss me again 
Oh, shit. This is some, like, deep-seated hatred these people got. Yeah, but that's also really implicating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in, like, I was fucking there and I shot this guy. Yep. Like, yep. But they weren't allowed to use any of that in his... So they had to build a case without that. They had to build a case without that. They had to build a case with almost nothing. Yeah. With just the DNA on the ski mask. Yeah, and, and the what? eyewitness account yeah. being like, yeah, he kind of looked like him. Wow. Yeah. So the jury is deadlocked with seven guilty and five not guilty. That would be hard for me if I were on a jury. Yeah. Because you don't know that part, right? Well, it's a reasonable doubt. Yeah. It was declared a mistrial. Then him and... so frustrating. Yeah. Then him and Bray were tried again together. Oh, interesting. one trial, two juries. (laughs) (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. In a world. He had also told them that Tim's dying words were, you killed me, you killed me, why did you kill me? I don't want to know that. That's terrible. Yeah, you do. So then Bray was still cold and callous as she describes her series of events, of events, not advents. That'd be weird. (laughs) (laughs) A character witness was called in to discredit Nathan, who was an ex-girlfriend who said that he had raped her. Ugh. And then a convicted drug dealer who Nathan had met in jail came forward and said that Nathan told him the whole story about killing Tim, and he believes Bray had a lot of influence on him, but he basically painted this whole picture where, like... He did it. Yeah, Tim had done it, that Bray was kind of the mastermind, but Tim had done it. But he was kind of discredited, too, because he was in prison for, like, I think it was, like, drug convictions and money laundering. Yeah. And he wasn't an honest person and had testified against his fellow people back when he was convicted to get, Mm -hmm. like, a lesser sentence. So this is just kind of something that he did. Does. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's, like, what's so hard about those testimonies is, like, why are they really there? Yeah. Are they just saying that? Well, some of them are, like... They literally just do it to get out of the jail for a day. Yeah, like yeah. Like to go sit in a courtroom. I've heard that too, where uh, murderers or whatever will be like, all right, I'll take you to the body, and then they'll just have them drive them around for the day and be yep. like, oh, I guess we can't find it. Yep. Yeah. So Bray had also written a couple-page letter. Poem? No. <laughs> I was hoping it was a poem. No, it was a letter. And I read it, and it was supposedly she had planned to kill herself and so she wrote this letter so that her family and and whomever would know the truth quote yeah but in it she states she states a lot of things and it's kind of weird but the most kind of important part is that she says that it was just supposed to be one clean easy shot to the head Uh like it wasn't supposed to be like this it was just supposed to be this one clean easy shot to the head and he ended up being shot four times in the head which is fucking horrific yeah, I feel like one is pretty horrific too, though. Like, Yeah, but if you're still talking and it was like the side of your head or the yeah. side of your face or some yeah. shit. I mean, it's all terrible, but like it's going to be traumatic no matter what, right? Yeah, and that's kind of pretty implicating as well. But... Oh, yeah, like, oh, the fucking plan was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I had a plan, so that's premeditated. Exactly. For sure. So the jury comes back. They deliberate for a couple hours for Nathan, or his jury deliberates for a couple hours. And he gets 25 to life for murder in the first degree. Mm-hmm. Bray's jury, I think it was like two days that it took, and she got life without parole. Damn. She got murder in the first degree and lying in wait. Oh, shit. Which is essentially like she had planned this lunch with her father, and she was lying in ambush, basically. Yeah. 
oh my god, I didn't even know that was like I a mean, thing. you know, it's a crime. I, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I know you shouldn't do it, but like, I didn't know that was like a crime, a labeled crime. Yeah, like it's a it's another charge, I guess. Like, okay, wait. So she got a bigger sentence because of that? Like because she, she masterminded the whole thing and basically was like, okay, I'm going to have him here at this time. You show up at that time. Got this it. is when it's going to go down. And she implicated herself in that note the most. Is that what we're saying? Or? I don't think the most. I okay. think it was in the fact that her story was all kind of mixed up and that... She probably gave the most testimony to. Like the most, uh, like more interview yeah more of her stuff she gave Got a pretty released. long interview but also more of her stuff was able to be heard yeah. in in court because she didn't she hadn't asked for a lawyer or whatever like that whole thing about nathan asking for a lawyer and then yeah it got to like you couldn't talk about yeah it. you weren't that allowed so fresh yeah like he okay here's the thing i think they both should get equal time and i think they should both get bray's sentence right like yeah fucked up but like it's crazy that he is the one who supposedly he pulled the trigger he did the murdering yeah there's no 25 there's no question about it like he pulled the trigger yeah that's crazy four times just because of like semantics like you can't say at the same time she's a manipulator who planned this and who like in cold blood planned to have it and and manipulated her brother into doing this for her like isn't that kind of also yeah, fucked up. And she was there yeah, the whole sure. time. She didn't put a stop to it. For she, sure. She's equally as yeah. like, guilty, but I think that it's crazy to me that he literally did the murdering and then he got less of a less. sentence. My thought on that, though, is like take into account a hitman. A hitman would get less time than the person who contracted the hit because the intent versus the motivation is how I understand it. I mean, how can you make everything perfect and just and exactly the same across the board? Yeah, there's no black and white. There's always going to yeah. be some kind of a gray so area. It's so crazy. Like, and of course, it all comes down to like, what did that jury see to make this decision? Yeah, right. Like, and they couldn't see a lot of the implicating stuff, but it just blows my fucking mind. Exactly, it's fucked up. So the murder happened in 2007. The trial happened in 2009. So she was 19 when she got convicted. She was tried as an adult, by the way. Uh-huh. Um. In 2015, she was able to appeal, and she received a new sentence of 26 years to life. Mother, oh, to life. She has the chance of parole now. Oh, my God. Um, Why? Because, according to the new judge, life without parole may be cruel and unusual when it comes to minors. She was a minor when this whole thing went down. But Oh, my God. So she'll be that. eligible for parole in 15 years. Shit, that's crazy. Isn't it? Also, I saw an interview with her where she's, like, during this appeals case, and she's, like, I think she's 24 or 25 mm-hmm. in 2015, and she's, like, I'm a different person. Like, I was a monster back then. I don't recognize that person anymore. Wow. Like, I'm not that same person, this and that. That's and, crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, just, like, I get that because, like, we all are different than what we were when we were 15 or whatever, you know? Well, like, yeah, how, think about being 19. I was yeah. a fucking, yeah. like, I look back and I'm like, God, you're so stupid. Yeah. However, I didn't try and kill anybody. I was but, just going to say, but you knew, I feel like that, like, moral compass of right and wrong in terms of, like, life and death is yeah. pretty ingrained from, like, the beginning. So if you were so willing to take someone else's life what changed in 15 years that you're now like I wouldn't do that again maybe I guess the experience I don't know yeah so that's my story well god damn real close to home <laughs> yeah I really like that one 
Okay, well, let's perk this up a little bit. Let's do our goddamn for the day. Oh, good idea. This one comes from Drew. Drew! Let's hear it, Drew. I said goddamn! It's <laughs> perfect. Oh, God, those crack me up. <laughs> Those are so awesome. Okay, you guys, send us your goddamns. Send them to our uh, Gmail account, isgdpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear them. Yes, we do. And you can tweet at us at isgdpodcast. And then be sure to subscribe and rate us and review us so that we can see what you think about us. And if you send a screenshot of that to our email account, we will send you some cool fucking stickers and shit. Oh, yeah! Yeah! That'll be fun. Do that and you'll get stuff. Also, I should mention that you should include your address in that email so that we can actually mail you the shit. Good call. Yeah. Also, we're on isgdpodcast.com. You can find all of the places that we are hosted there and enjoy listening to us we love you guys so much we love hearing from you and until next week adios deuces later